shots. Part due. Last time. There he is. He did it out of patriotism. This time, it's gonna be personal. Welcome, everyone. This is the Nerds RPG Variety Cast. I'm your host, Jason. This is part two of this week's episode. If you haven't listened to part one yet, go listen to that first. Last minute call in. Hey Jason, Spencer here. And even though I've been dragging my heels when it comes to giving your show a call in, it seems that I've still managed to do it before you've completed episode one. Man, you do like a build up. Great going so far. Keep up the great work. Thank you for the kind word, Spencer. That was Spencer from the Keep Off the Borderlands podcast. Highly recommended. Excellent podcast. I see RPG Vigilante City. I was lucky enough to play in a game of this. It was an online game on Roll20. We had the standard Roll20 technical hiccups, but it worked out well. Had a group of players all over the world. The GM and the players all did a great job. I think this was the GM's first time using Roll20. He did a great job with it, all things considered. Very enjoyable game, enjoyable scenario. So if you're not already familiar with ICRPG, some of the terms I might use might seem a little foreign, but basically this just adapts ICRPG to the superhero genre. So Vigilante City was a Kickstarter done by Bloat Games for their Survive This system. And then one of the stretch goals was to adapt the game to the ICRPG rule system. Amazingly, the ICRPG system works very well for superheroes. So what they've done is they've taken that basic system, they've added something called stun points to the system. And stun points are what you spend to power, to use your powers. And then also stun points, when you get knocked down below zero stun points, you're basically knocked, you're not knocked out, but you're knocked to a knee and you're helpless. And it kind of helps simulate the idea of superheroes getting captured or knocked out as opposed to killed a lot in comics. You can build just about any hero in the system, which is great. The powers let you duplicate just about anything. They have Acrobat, Blink, which is like Teleport, Energy Blast, Flight, Gadgets, Immunity, Invisible, Kill Shot, Lucky, Martial Arts, Mega Brain, Mind Over Matter, Phase, Plastic, which is stretching like Mr. Fantastic, Regeneration, Sonic, Super Senses, Super Speed, Super Strength, and Transform. And then you have a number of hero classes you can pick, basically hero archetypes. You don't have to use those, but you have that option. And the archetypes are Avatar, Creature, Cyborg, Kid, Mage, Mutant, Offworlder, Power Armor, Super Soldier, and Veteran. So you can build just about any hero, or sitting down with the GM, you can adapt this to build just about any hero. It's not really made to do Superman or, say, Captain Marvel, but any of your lower-level heroes... Your standard power level heroes, it can do really well. And street level heroes, it can do really well. 
One of the things that makes this such an interesting system is it's totally compatible with all the other ICRPG games. So whether you're playing in Alfheim, whether you're playing in Warp Shell, whether you're playing in Ghost Mountain, whether you're playing in... You probably bring the... I haven't read the the um, Bearcat stuff, but you bring that in. Um, ICRPG Magic, the some of the mecha rules, all that stuff plays very well with this. So, very compatible system. Does a great job emulating supers. ICRPG Vigilante City. Jason says, buy it. Speaking. Mag Wheel. <laughs> Refrigerate. BB. Pop up toaster. The captain's chair. A drink rack. Eight track. Television. Mirror hood. Fog light. Closet. And more! One caveat to my recommendation you do not need Survive This Vigilante City to play this game but you do want to have ICRPG core at least to go with Vigilante City they also let you pull things from the magic book but you're really going to want the core book at a minimum in addition to ICRPG Vigilante City just thought you should know that BX Jason Hobbs Kalmata game Due to technical issues, I did not make it in that game this week. More is the pity. Delving Deeper. I had a chance to play in Cody's Delving Deeper game on the Audio Dungeon. It went very well. Played an elf, his first level, so he starts as a either magic user fighter, and he doesn't get to actually dual class and use both abilities until he switches the first time. So my plan is to say magic user until he levels up. And then I'll switch over to a fighter, at which point I'll benefit from the better saving throws and can use fighter weapons, which doesn't matter in Delving Deeper because it's all D6 weapons. But it was a fun game. Uh, we went into Barrow. We had one character, Cody, or sorry, Larry from Follow Me and Die's character, unfortunately, didn't make it. Got eight by ghouls. Got it up. But um, luckily his follower, one of his hirelings, had enough experience that he became Larry's new character, and he's now a cleric of Krom in the campaign, so that's cool. So it was a fun game. Really enjoyed it. Look forward to playing it again. Um, for those not familiar, Delving Deeper is just a, you know, it's a basic OSR set. It's this pretty simple set of rules, like, you know, to harken back to the old days, and um, it's a really good set. So Delving Deeper, Jason says, buy it. For some reason, I thought I had mentioned this in a different podcast, but I guess I didn't, and I apologize for the oversight, but in Larry from Follow Me and Die's podcast, I played in his Delving Deeper game as a cleric, the God of Luck, and it was a fun game. We didn't get very far in the the Barrow Maze, but it was still exciting. Unfortunately, I'm going to miss why well, I, I did miss this past Thursday, Talk Like a Pirate Days game due to work, but I look forward to joining in next week. So I'll have more on that then. Sir, yes, sir. All three, huh?
300 infantry. Toe jam. Sir, yes, sir. All 300 infantry. Adams. Sir, yes, sir. 1,800 engineers. You go out and find mines. Cowboy. Sir, yes, sir. All 300 infantry. Taylor. Sir, yes, sir. All 300 infantry. Careers versus skills. So the idea here is, which is a better system? To have a career system like Barbarians of Lemuria and Rises. I mean, Rises uses cliches, but it's kind of like careers. So you basically have a system where you have a broad categories of what your character can do. So in a career system, for example, say the career or cliche is sailor. Well, it's assumed you know how to do everything a sailor knows, knows how to do. You can tie knots, you can climb, you know, so you can get up in the eagle's nest. You, you know how to mop because you swab the deck. You can navigate by the stars. Anything a sailor can do, it's assumed you're proficient in. So that's the career system. And you just look at what careers that character has, and those are the skills that they're skilled in. And the difference between that and the skill system is the skill system is much more narrow. So a skill system, you might have drive automobile, and you might have you know, shoot handgun and shoot long gun, right? You might have knowledge elven history and knowledge dwarven history, and they're all separate skills. Where in the career system, you might have professor, and because you're professor, it's assumed you're going to know all the different lore skills and all that kind of thing. So, you know, at one point in recording this, because I've done this a couple times now, I thought the skills might have been the older of these systems. We see skills back to Traveler and, you know, basic role-playing like Grantha, you know, and um, Call of Cthulhu. And so skills have been around a long time. But the more I ponder on it, the more I think that classes are a form of the career system. Maybe not by design, but but I think they are. So when you look in D&D at a fighter... You assume he knows how to ride a horse, and he, he knows how to fight off horseback, and he knows how to sharpen a sword. And you assume a wizard knows how to mix potions and alchemy, and a wizard knows how to read, and all that kind of thing. So, maybe the um, career system's older. I don't know. Call me and let me know which you think appeared first. I don't think careers, the way I'm really describing them, appeared till a little bit later, but... So, really, the difference... I wouldn't say careers are more story game way to do it, but they're definitely looser and more open to GM and player interpretation. You know, hey, you know, of course I would know that skill. Well, yeah, I guess you would. So, there's definitely some wiggle room in careers that doesn't exist in skills. My big problem with skills is that I've never found a system where I had enough skills. I always felt that you're designing a character that... You can't quite let them do everything a real human could do. And I know with any system, you only roll a test. You know, you only actually roll those dice when something's at stake. So when you're just driving the car to the store, you don't need to roll to do that. But if you have to make evasive maneuvers in the car, then you have to roll. But still, you know, if you sit there and add up, take any career game, any, I'm sorry, any game with skills, and try to give it all the skills that you really have. It's going to be hard to do, especially for a beginning character. 
the other thing I don't like about skills are in a lot of the games, the advancement's pretty wonky. So in some games, if you use a skill in the game, you put tick mark next to it, and then at the end of the game, you roll to see if that skill increased. Other games, they go up with levels. Other games, they go up when you give them experience points, you know. The Palladium's a, a great example of a game with skills. Look at the Palladium games. They have, you know, tons of skills, and they all advance at different rates, you know, and really, really weird. I mean, don't get me wrong. I used to love those games as a kid and had, had them all. But anyhow, I, I'm just a big fan of the career system as opposed to skills. And, and in some games, you even see a move that way. So you have games of skills, and then they have, and I forget the term now, but, well, the new Savage Worlds is a good example. The new athletic skill incorporates a bunch of other skills into it. You know why they do that? Because you, can't, you don't have enough points to get all the skills you need. You know, so I'm really interested to hear what people think of skills versus careers. So give me a call. Let me know what you think about the topic. Okay, if you want to hear more about these discussions, I would recommend two podcasts. The first is a new one from Che Webster over at um, Roleplay Rescue, Simple Dungeoneering Part One. He talks about GURPS and talks about skill systems in there. And the other one's a little bit older podcast. Well, the podcast is still going on. The dice are screaming, but it's an older episode. 110, Skills versus Classes. So I'd recommend both those if you want to hear more about this kind of topic. Okay, coming up in October, we have Arneson Month, which is an audio dungeon kind of thing. We're going to talk about Dave Arneson. We have some topics we're going to go over, kind of scripted topics on different things. So that's coming up. We have Inktober, drawing pictures every day. If you're art-related, even if you're not an artist, it's worth getting online to look at people what people are posting up. And so I'm going to be creating an RPG throughout the month of October. So you'll be able to follow me that. That would be kind of my art, one of the things I do for Artist Month. So you have that to look forward to. And again, if you want to reach me and talk to me about anything at all, you, the easiest way is leave a message through Anchor or you can find me on the Audio Dungeon Discord.